Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture, seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Good morning. Happy second Sunday of Advent. Uh, We're going to continue our celebration of joy this morning with what I have to share uh, with you. And I'm so glad to see your faces um, today. We, as <laughs> thank you. <laughs> there's there's a few of us not here, and so so I'm really I'm really glad to see you. Um, so I'm going to take a trip down memory lane a little bit. Um, Tim and I started our family young. We were in our early 20s when we started having children, and um, we have two daughters, uh, Kristen and Bess. Uh, They are now grown women, wonderful grown women. Some of you know them and have met them. Um, They are two years and nine months apart. And so back in the day, uh, when we were, uh, when I was expecting, um, (laughs) way back in the day, uh, there was no internet. Like, no internet. There was no Pinterest. There was no app to tell me when my baby was the size of a blueberry or the size of a grapefruit. Um, there were books. And, and, and at the time in my extreme naivete, I thought, you know, people have been having babies for hundreds of years, thousands of years. And look, we're all still here. So we can do this. We got this. We're, we're going to be fine. And I know some of you parents out there are going, what? How did that work out for you? Horribly, horribly. What was I thinking? I was so young. I was so ill-prepared. It wasn't like, I mean, I was the youngest of five children. It wasn't like I had a pack of siblings after me that I helped raise or anything. So I I was really really young and, and naive when it, when it came to raising children. Um, but by the grace of God, we all made it through. We all made it through. Um, it was tough. It was hard. True confessions. There were days, many days, when um, I just felt like jumping out the window. Like, just, just run. There were days, many days, when I want you to throw them out the window. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, two precious little girls, yet, and yet I was like at my wits end. Um, but I can say that there, no one was ever ejected through a window at my house. I promise you. But, you know, just if you see Kristen or Best, don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Um, So there I was, I had these two darling little girls, toddlers, and um, even though I was not an astute behavioral therapist or a child psychologist, it it didn't take me long to see this cause and effect thing that was happening and how they could so easily, intentionally 
do something to annoy and distress the other one. Like, it, it, why would you do that? And, and, or, you know, there was the intentional bothering of the other, or there was the unintentional bothering of the other one simply by having behavior that was, that was self-focused and intent on their self-interest. You know, that's mine. You know, they're just focused on what they want, and, and, and by wanting and grabbing that, this other one was just in a tizzy. You know, they weren't trying to cause a tizzy over here, but they were just focused on their self-interest. That's, that's normal childhood behavior, right? That's normal, perfectly normal. But, it, but our role, part of our responsibility as a parent is to help a child who starts out as, you know, self-focused, make that transition into hopefully adulthood where they go from being completely wrapped up in self to seeing others and how they affect others in their environment and have hopefully empathy and compassion and become healthy, contributing to society adults. Excuse me. So, so that's our role. So somewhere in those early years, uh, with no child rearing experience and watching this cause and effect play out over and over and over again in our home and being very distressed about it myself, somewhere in those years, I heard myself saying to them, cause joy, not sorrow. Can't you see that what you're doing is affecting her and then it's affecting me and then it's affecting our household? Cause joy, not sorrow. And, you know, this was buried deep in my memory banks. Like I said, I, our child-rearing days are quite, quite a bit in the past. And, and so as I was preparing for this, I was like, do I remember that right? Did I really say that to our kids? Was that really like this thing I said? And so I walked over to where Tim was working the other night, and I said, you know, Tim, do you remember me ever saying to our kids when they were little, cause joy, not sorrow? And he goes, oh, yeah, you said that all the time. And I was like, okay, just checking, just checking. I wanted to make sure that wasn't what we call in our house an adulthood fabrication. So, so I was like, okay, all right, yeah. That I mean, it, again, my children are grown. They're wonderful people. It's been a long time since I've said that, but this is what the Lord brought to my mind as I was praying about what can I be sharing with these folks today? Um, so yes, by the grace of God, we all made it through. Um, so a few years ago, we were at a conference, um, and we were, there were a lot of great speakers, and there was a speaker there that I'd never heard of before. His name was Erwin McManus, and um, so he began his session with a question, and his question was, what is the most spiritual act we can engage in? What is the most spiritual act we can engage in? So now you can just imagine, there I am sitting in this audience of I don't know, 2,000 people, and I got my little red notebook, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm writing this down. Oh, yeah, man, oh, it's worship, it's worship. It's, oh, it's being in his presence, it's adoring him, it's glorifying him, it's just, oh, I mean, in the nanosecond that it took for this man to get to the next point, I had this whole thing laid out in my head. And then he says, 
to choose. To choose is the most spiritual act we can engage in. And I was like, huh? Like, I got to admit, I didn't see that one coming. And then he unpacked that. He unpacked how our choices actually create a future. When I make a choice, I make a future. And I was like, huh? And I'm, I'm reminded that, yeah, when we make choices, we can choose to worship the Lord. We can choose to enter his presence. We can choose to love him. And wow, yeah, that really does create a future. It really does. So I want us to, I'm just going to go over a couple of examples of choices that were made in futures that were created. Things that caused joy or caused sorrow. Um, one of the first and obvious ones is recorded in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve are in the garden together. And also there in the middle of the garden is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they chose. Now, there were circumstances around that choice that we're all aware of. But there was a choice made in that garden, and it certainly created a future. And I would put that choice in the sorrow category. You know, I, another thing that, that Erwin McManus said, and I think many other people have said this, is that there is no love without choice. Um, just want to drop that one right there. So another choice that was um, that I want to touch on is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, um, in the Old Testament, where we are at, at at this point in history, the context, I always like to give context. Tim taught me that context is so important. So here we are in Deuteronomy. Moses is still alive. The children of Israel have been wandering through the desert for 40 years, and those years of wandering are coming to an end. Moses is going to be passing on soon. He already knows that. Joshua is, uh, yeah, Joshua is lined up to, to take the lead next to pass. Moses is going to pass the baton. They haven't crossed over the Jordan yet into the promised land, but that is about to happen. So that, that's where we are. In, in, that, in that part of history. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. The, sub, the subtitle on this section is called, well, I won't tell you. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. 
I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God and by obeying his voice, holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. There was a choice, and, and God made it really, and he laid it out for them, right? He was really clear, life or death. Now, you'll have to read what they chose. I won't tell you. But you know what I will say <laughs> is so, you know, I, I, I was so compelled by all you parents out there who are reading through the scriptures with your children. And so at the beginning of this year, I thought, I'm going to read through the scripture. I don't, not with a little person, just me. I'm going to read through the scriptures, you know, front, right through. And, um, and so I've been, I'm still in the, I go real slow. Um, and I'm still in the Old Testament. But I've got to tell you, it's been really hard this time around. The, uh, you know, we're in, we're in and all over the scriptures all the time, as you know, here at Renew and, and at Prayer Night and House Church. And, um, but this, this day in and day out reading through has, has so, so affected me in a different way, much more, much differently than it did in my teens or my 20s or my 30. I'm just going to stop right there. Um, <laughs> But it's been really difficult. And so I, you know, I've talked to a few friends. I've talked to Cindy and I've talked to Chrissy about this, and, and, and they've been very helpful and very, very helpful. And as I was preparing for this chat with you today, um, this, this idea of when I make a choice, I make a future. So is such a good lens to read the Old Testament through such a good lens. I mean, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, if you're going through the scriptures, by the way, um, talk to Chrissy. <laughs> she really hooked me up with some good resources. Um, but, but with that lens on, you can see so many times how the Lord laid it out for them. This is this, and that is that. Choose this, don't choose that, and here's why. But you can, and you can see, and you can see the consequences played out over and over and over through the scriptures. Um, yes, when I make a choice, I create a future. When I make a choice, I make a choice. When I create, a, it's all good. When I make a choice, I make a future. I also want us to look at another scripture where a choice was made that most definitely created a future. In Hebrews chapter 12, first couple verses. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy, 
set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is one of the most profound changes, choices, excuse me, choices that has created a future for all of us. Jesus had a choice. And, and you know, and we, we read about that choice in the, in, in, the, um, in the account of the night that he was betrayed when he was praying in the garden, that night when he was sweating blood, drops of blood, and he had a choice, and he chose obedience. He chose the cross. And his choice created our future. Right? If he hadn't made that choice, we wouldn't have the future we have. His choice created a future for us. And he did it because it was joy. He chose joy, just like Habakkuk. He chose joy. Cause joy, not sorrow. He chose us. He chose each and every one of us. He created a future for us by his choice. And what's so amazing is that he's entrusted that same ability to us. He entrusted Adam and Eve with choice. He entrusted the, the, the children of Israel with choice. He has entrusted us with choice. It's an amazing gift, and it's an incredible power, really. It's powerful to choose. It's sacred, and it's powerful. And I do not mean to detract from the sovereignty and omnipotence of God, but this speaks to his goodness and the strength of his character and his love for us, that he has entrusted us with choice. Because our choices create a future. And they don't just create a future for our own lives. They create a future for everyone whose lives we touch. Our children, our spouses, our, fa our family, moms and dads, sons and daughters, our neighbors, the people we work with, people we stand in line with at the grocery store. Every choice I make creates a future. So I want to choose joy. I want to create joy. What kind of joy can I unleash in the world by the choice I make today? You know, sometimes I think, you know, you can talk about joy in so many different ways. And, and sometimes I think it's, um, it can be easy to, to think of joy sometimes as somehow linked to our circumstances. It's, that's an easy place to fall into. You know, I'll be joyful when um, I'm married, or I'll be joyful when I have children, or I'll be joyful when I graduate, or when I get a job, or when this pandemic ends, then we'll be joyful. Well, we most certainly will, but, you know, and it's, it's like it's this out there thing that's going to come when, if I look at it as this way that Erwin McManus has framed it, I can create joy by the choices I make. If I create a future by the choices I make, then I, I, I want to choose joy. I want to create joy in the world. 
We have that ability. Think about those faces that we saw a little while ago. And you know what? Renew has made choices in the past. We've supported these freedom projects. That was our advent um, giving target uh, three, four, four years ago, three, four years ago. We helped fund, was it four, fully fund four of those freedom centers that these children that were being trafficked on the streets were brought in and taught the scriptures and given a future in Jesus. That was a choice. That was a choice you made a few years ago, maybe to not get as many gifts at Christmas or whatever, that you gave sacrificially and it rescued those children. You already made a choice that created a future. Lots of futures. Can, can you wrap your head around that for a minute? Think about all, when Tim was talking about heaven, it's going to be so awesome. Like after we spend a million years on our faces with Jesus and how awesome he is, we might get up off the ground and then we'll see the lives and the people we've affected. We'll see those kids. We'll see those women. I'm counting on it. That's the joy that is set before me. How many lives can I affect how can we, as someone has said, plunder hell to populate heaven? How much rescue can you release in the world by the choices you make? How much joy can you cause? Choose joy, not sorrow. Let's grow up. Let's grow up into the fullness of who Jesus created us to be. His instruments in the world. Right? To do his work. I mean, Jesus said, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. Let's, let's, let's have that food for dinner. Right? So that was my trip down memory lane with you folks today. I thank you for listening. Um, and I, I pray that you are inspired and encouraged to realize what you've been entrusted with and that this joy we celebrate is something that you, you can give and give and give over and over and over again. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.